BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm your host, Lauren Elizabeth. And I'm your co-host, Chloe Parr. And today for our current mood combo, we are going to be talking about change because it's one of the most stressful and just mind-altering things ever because you're constantly questioning yourself and stressed and anxious and unsure or fearful. There's so many moods that go along with it. And I feel as though when you're in your 20s, you go through a lot of change. So we're going to break down just changes that we've been through in our lives, the stages, and how to get through pretty much any kind of change you could be dealing with in your 20s or any age. But obviously, there's so much in your 20s because they suck. (laughs) They literally do. I mean, also post-pandemic, so much change because a lot of people moved, are remote now. The world changed. Yeah, we'll be getting into that too. But first, of course, we are going to talk about our best mood and worst mood of the week. All right, let's start with your worst mood because... Let's get it out. I ran into you and I need to hear it. Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, backstory. I was on the Peloton in our apartment gym and then Lauren walked in, ran into her. What was your experience like with my mood? Like, could you tell that I was not okay? Like, I was a little scared. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I was, like, backed into the corner. Like, you know? Like, dog between the legs. I did kind of back you into the corner now that I think about it. Honestly, physically and emotionally. And that was on Monday, right? Yeah. Because yesterday I was grinding through this apartment. Okay. That's when I saw your worst mood. Yeah, that was the worst day of this week for sure. My worst mood this week was insanity because as you all know, I moved apartments and I thought, oh my God, it's going to be so easy because I'm just moving units. I'm staying in the same complex, nothing crazy. And it is still 100% as awful as moving anywhere. Um, It was horrible. And I think the expectation of, oh, this isn't going to be that bad really just set me up for failure in that sense so I you know like obviously moving is just tough for everyone I don't like want to over complain but it was just all those little things that added up it was like no wi-fi (laughs) not no one was were like not no one was helping nothing could be solved and it was just so dumb and just the actual moving day I was exhausted because Halloween night was the night before so we were all hungover which was the dumbest thing you could do before a move. I do not recommend it. And um, what was the other thing? Oh, and then the Chloe's favorite, which, like, I was in such a bad mood on Monday. She's texting me back going, ha, 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 And I was like, stop fucking laughing. <laughs> like, literally stop fucking laughing. I mean, it's so funny. And it's like, I was like, it's, I just texted her back saying it's not funny yet. Like, it's just not funny yet. I mean, I'm sitting here, like, looking at the situation. I mean, explain it first. Okay, so basically I have this 93-inch long couch, and... 
I was at this point where if one more person, including if anyone fucking DMs me, and like obviously I'm fine with it now, it's solved, but two days ago I would have ripped your head off. Oh, well, did you try taking the legs off? Did you try splitting it in half? Like, do you think that I'm fucking stupid? Like, no, it was my mom, me, my friends. We tried everything. It's just the way this apartment is laid out. You like walk in, you make a sharp left and then a sharp right. And you can't, the ceiling, you can, wait, look at the ceiling. Do you see where we tried to stand it up? So we tried to stand up the couch so that we could, you know, kind of get it just vertical. It was too long to even stand up. So you couldn't, we tried backing it into the bathroom. We tried everything and the couch did not fit. And so obviously I had no intentions or plans of buying a new couch which just like I hate having to spend a lot of money especially when you already just spent money like moving your apartment because I think of the friends episode like Ross going oh yeah oh my god yeah it was literally that but without being able to pivot it was and the best part is like I wasn't even really there for a majority of it because I was still up at the other unit so I came down to just this couch like not fully stood up and my mom being like okay what about and what about and I was like you've got to be fucking and the couch is what like two months old right and so and like you can't resell furniture for as much as you bought it for so it's basically like I just wasted money on buying this new couch for my Chicago life, and I, now I'm not gonna. But that's just the couch of it all, right? <laughs> so there's no couch, there's no bed, there's no Wi-Fi. I didn't even sleep at my apartment for like three days because it was just like unlivable in a sense, and it was just a disaster. It was just classic moving things. And speaking of last week, it was not the moons. I got my period two days ago. So I was cranky and bitchy because it's always the week before my period that I get so fucking cranky. And now I'm in the phase of, and oh my God, like I cried so many times too. Like so emotional. I cried on Monday, I cried on Tuesday, and I didn't cry last night. But that's because I also like took my Cymbalta every night. I didn't cry last night. I know, I didn't. It was like, I was even watching one of my mood boosters, which I'll get to. And I was like, aww. I feel like our past three weeks have been cranky in different words. (laughs) No, no, yeah. So that's what we're talking about. But like also it's like our worst moods are supposed to be our worst. So if we're going through like a cranky month, sometimes stress manifests in being cranky and irritable. I know. It's always hard at the end of the year because I feel like you're always like, wrapping things up or making yeah. changes or there's just a lot yeah it's, it's almost like no one talks about those last two months where you're kind yeah. of just racing towards the end of the year because like I, work's wrapping feels. up like you're in q4 it's q4 yeah right? and i feel like yeah. work always packs it on the last yes. quarter in the holidays like, not over the holidays and for so many businesses especially if you're selling anything yeah like whether you're literally just trying to meet your quota or you're trying to sell things because it's like a holiday season it's just you're going 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 and i feel like yeah. people don't talk about that because no, but your personal life feels the same because you're like oh my god who do you, I have to get gifts for who do what do I have to do this I it's know. like all these areas I just thought of that and I also too I'm like oh my god I have to make my gift guides and yes. I'm, then I'm moving and oh my god it's so I much. was literally making lists which I'll get to because it's a mood booster of like everything I need to yeah buy forever like gifts and yeah decorations I don't which know. is also like financial stress because then I it's know. like, it's like oh how god, much I money do I yes. spend on everyone so it's a lot towards the end of the year and but at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's a new year, and the holidays. I know, it's like my favorite time again. of year, but hard. Yeah, for sure. Which, before I go into my worst mood, I just want to bring up part of your worst mood. When you saw me in the Peloton room, you did run. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so she went off in like the middle of the room. No one was there yet, but then like uh, this young girl came in and like started working on like the peloton, one of the closer pelotons in the front of the room. And Lauren was still going off about how insane she was feeling. <laughs> So basically, I don't have a filter, and like I'm the same person online that I am in real life. So like, if I'm in a bad mood, you're I'm not gonna like fake it. But also, sometimes my brain doesn't like function yeah. to be able to fake it. And it was one of those brain malfunctions where she, this cute young girl, was like, "Oh, I I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast." And I was like, "Oh, oh yeah. I mean, thank like, you." Like right after Lauren went on like this ramble of like trucker mouth crazy, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck this. Fuck that." And it was one of those things where I, like, quickly had to switch back. And I was, like, try Like, it's not that I was, like, rude or not nice or anything. I definitely just wasn't, like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. Never be like that. And, well, sometimes I'm, like, oh, my God. Hey, what's up? And I was just, like, oh, oh, thank you so much. I mean, well, I guess I have to fucking record this week. Like, (laughs) (laughs) psychopath. Instantly regretted it after she walked out. Yeah, it was, like. me, like, we definitely just lost a a listener. It was literally word vomit. And then I texted her from the elevator saying, that was fucking brutal of me. We totally just lost a listener. I almost let to go in there and be like, she, hey, I apologize on behalf of Lauren. And so I wanted to do a public apology to the girl that had to see me while I was in my worst mood. Although, like, I hope that I, you, I, you didn't think it was towards you. I, don't, I think I'm pretty good at that. No, I think it's inspiration for keeping it real. Not yeah, hiding your No, I, I definitely, I think it was just like I was just being you psycho and yeah. just letting it out i feel like everyone in, in public i feel like me. everyone that's met me in chicago yeah. though like knows that because i'm just i'm an open but i'm way too of an open book so i agree apologies if you're listening you were really really pretty and i hope you got a good workout in actually you probably didn't because none of the pelotons were working i know i think i saw her switch to a treadmill <laughs> i feel bad for you too uh. Okay, okay, what's your worst mood? My worst mood is negative this week. Wow, great. Negative Nancy. Great synonym. I feel bad for the Nancys. I do too. Because they're always going to be negative. I know. If I meet a Nancy, I'm going to be like, <laughs> negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I feel like I had some good news this week. And instead of being like, oh, yay, go me. I was like, oh, but what oh. if this? Like, it's probably not going to be this. I do that sometimes. And I think... Like, I was talking to my boyfriend about it, and he was like, why can't you just be positive? And I was like, yeah, you're right. But I think it's a defense mechanism, because if I set myself up to be like, oh, but, like, it probably won't happen, then if it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, okay, I'm fine. Mm. But if I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to happen, I'm so excited, blah, 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 I, like, overexcite myself, where, like, if it actually doesn't happen, I, I get let down, like, a lot. Yeah. So I think my negativity is, like, a defense mechanism, but at the same time, it's like, like restricting me from actually enjoying good news you know yeah I think that it's very common and I I think it's almost like you have to train yourself to you can be cautiously confident right in a sense because you want to still feel joy and feel excitement I know it's like a weird balance yeah I don't want to like let myself down but at the same time I don't want to be like oh well I probably won't I think I get it probably won't happen right I think I allow myself to get excited and when that thought creeps in I just say to myself Okay, but even if that happens, I know I'm going to be okay. Like, because yeah. it's something happening to you, right? Because you're excited about a new opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, you know that at the end of the day, yeah, it's going to suck and it's going to feel like shit, but it's going to lead me to something better. I'm like, I'm going to be fine. So I'm just going to be excited for the moment. And also the thought of shit's always going to hit the fan. So you have to enjoy the small wins when you can because shit is going to hit the fan no matter what in your life. Like, right. you think, like, your family's going to live forever and, like, no terror's ever going to happen in the world. Like, shit's always, shit's always going to, like, Shit happens. Life's not perfect, so you have to enjoy the small wins. Yeah, I agree. And even, like, my boyfriend said, like, if 
this doesn't happen, then the next one will happen. Right. It's like, there's a plan in life. So it's just like trusting that. And trusting, to, and you can also like reframe it in a sense of, oh, I'm excited that this worked out today. Not that it's going to work out forever and it's the end yeah, goal and it's like the best thing and it's the one thing, you know? It's like, I think I thought about that with like dating of, I'm allowed to be excited that this date went well. It doesn't mean I had to be like, oh my God, now I'm going to get What's married the, and yeah. I get this and that. Actually, that's a good point. It's like being positive in like the moment. Right. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm so happy for this good news. Like, good job. Yeah, no matter what happens Instead with of it. Instead jumping way yeah, ahead exactly. and then you get negative. Exactly. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your best mood, honey? Well, I'm glad we got our negative Nancys out of the way. Yeah, and Debbie Downers um, and Karens. My best mood this week is just being really present and I think it's because I'm feeling so many feelings in a sense of like I said I was crying a lot and just getting I mean I even texted you a couple days ago saying I'm emo which you did think meant I'm an emo kid I'm as emo as can be I was like bring out the black eyeliner mood apathetic (laughs) do you remember that video I mean it's iconic what it's iconic. You don't remember that from when we were younger? Maybe. Mood apathetic. Dear diary. Mood oh, apathetic. Yes. There yes. we go. There that we during, go. during like the muffin stage? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh. But I think I'm just feeling a lot of feelings in a sense of <laughs> there's really good ones and bad ones. Mostly the, I think it's almost the, the sad, the crying, even someone was like, okay, I think these are like happy to, it's almost like a release and like shedding layers. So I'm just being really present and allowing myself to, if I feel like crying because I'm overwhelmed and just can't believe it, it's because I'm so present in the moment of, wow, I'm here, I did this, I'm choosing Chicago. All of the kind of moods that I've been saying the past few weeks, I've just been really allowing myself to feel them and not anticipating what's next because it's almost kind of what we were just saying. You know, I have to remember that this is where I am right now. And even if it's not forever, I still am allowed to feel settled and be present. I don't have to worry about the next thing. And so reminding myself that that it's all going to be fine and taking one small thing at a time because I get really, especially in a move, I'm like, I need all my furniture. I need everything to be done. I need everything to be perfect. Yeah. And it's like, slow down, be present, do one, a few little things every day and it's going to work out and it's going to be good. I just, I go into like t- the tunnel right. of... I don't want to work this week. I just want to move in. And I did take a few days for that, but it's, you know, earlier in the week, I was like, fuck this, cancel the podcast. <laughs> I know. The last time I saw you, I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, I will circle back in 10 days. But I think it's that saying, what is it? Like, if you focus on the future, you're anxious. If you focus on the past, you're depressed. If you focus on the present, you're, like, comfortable. Or yeah. Something like that. But I feel like the more you focus on the present, the more, like, comfortable and calm yeah be, you know because it's, like, it's like what you just said about being positive it's like just focus on what you can be positive about right now instead of like yeah jumping ahead and it's backwards. all but it's also too like when I'm overwhelmed and stressed with all this dumb yeah. moving shit I allow myself to like feel it but I remind myself it's not forever and I'm okay so it's yeah. like almost like knowing which times to do that but essentially just being really present and taking things one step at a time and trying to enjoy as much as I can and handle the stress as well as I can. Yeah. So it's really just kind of putting one foot in front of the other and being present because I think that's good advice for this episode theme. With I think so too. Just breathing. Honestly. So on brand of you. Oh my God. What can I say? <laughs> Mine, mine's super on brand for this month. My good Ooh. best mood is thankful. Mm-hmm. Tis the motherfucking season. Tis the season of thankful. Of Thanksgiving. I don't know. November takes forgiving. <laughs> That's what we used to say every year. We went, takes forgiving. We still say it every year. No. 
I text you every... I, yeah, because you're never there in person. I missed my first fucking Thanksgiving <laughs> last year. Are you kidding? Was it? I was in LA. Oh, I forgot. LA. Oh my God, it feels like forever ago. Tell me about it. Um, But I don't know. Maybe it's because it's November. Maybe not. But I've just been feeling really grateful this week. Like, I think just because we've both been so cranky and stressed, you forget. And then you take a step back and you're like, wait, I have, like, my family with me, my boyfriend, my dog. I love my apartment. It's sunny and nice out. Look at your new place. Like, how can you not be grateful? Yeah. You know? And I think that's what, like, makes me feel more positive. Or, like, if shitty things do happen, just, like, reminding yourself, like, the blessings in your life. And that does go with change, too. It's, like, the more you're grateful with the things you have, then, like, it feels safer when you are making big changes I like it reminds me of that little thing that I wrote down at the end of our last episode that it's be uh I don't know what the first part was but it's like being comfortable and learn learning to be complacent yeah because and not obviously in a broad sense and I'm not saying it's like this band-aid thing but like it is enough I am enough yeah exactly mentality it's like wow I can be grateful like nothing has to go bad I can like genuinely be happy with the things I have so. It's so easy to focus on the things you don't have and not the things you do have. And that's why you have to remind yourself. I agree. Um, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. Mood boosties. Mood boosties. I'm excited to hear your mood boosters because... I can't find them. I don't know what they are. I actually didn't look beforehand. So I'm not even going to look now. Okay, I will not look either. Okay. <laughs> A huge part of change is dating, whether that's you're starting, you're switching it up. And we all know someone who has met their person on Match. And Match believes the most important relationship is with yourself. So in a world where you can choose to do anything or anyone, choose you first. Because dating someone who knows what they want and won't settle for less, that's sexy as hell. And Match's latest study of over 5,000 U.S. singles proves it. You guys know I love the facts. Nearly 40% of singles say they feel more sexually empowered this year. And honestly, power to them. 53% say they find dating a helpful tool to learn how to be their best self, which I absolutely love and is why I always encourage just dating to just date and have fun and be your best self. 81% said they engage in self-care at least monthly. And 87% say it's important for both partners to prioritize mental health. And two-thirds of young singles are open to therapy, which means they probably listen to mood too. If you do you, you already know the best relationship shows up when you show up for yourself first. There has truly never been a better time to try Match, so download the Match app today. You guys know that I'm a huge advocate for dating, especially just like getting back out there and you know, once I healed from my heartbreak, I learned so much about myself once I started dating again because I was able to just be myself and I did so much inner work that I was started to just have fun and realize that I could be myself and I could find someone and that there were so many just fish in the sea. So that's why I enjoyed being single and dating so much, especially the past year. My first one is the container store and purging because I What's, just... Is that... Pur- purging is like when you get rid of stuff. Oh, okay. I was like, is that another store? Because that's a creepy <laughs> store name. Like, come to the purge. <laughs> if you wouldn't know that, that would just be coming to my apartment. Right. I was like, okay, let's hear it. It's so, I'm actually really good at purging. My assistant used to always make fun of me that I just have like no emotional attachment to anything. To I the, agree. To the point where it's concerning. I mean, you put on that shirt when you got here. I was like, take it. I don't want it. Um, but I think that 
going to the container store was nice because it allowed me to kind of slow down a little bit because you don't know how much you need to buy and you don't know what to buy, but at the same time you are accomplishing something. So it's like, okay, I bought the stuff for these drawers, right? And then I was able to organize and feel really good. And I just, I know that it's obviously so trendy to like over-organize now, but I need it and I need my space to be like that. So finally actually organizing things for the first time in a very long time and having the little compartments in the container store, like if you're someone like me, it's just the best. It's It's very like an OCD person's like heaven. It is. It's literally my heaven. And obviously it can be a little overwhelming because you don't know exactly what to buy. But I took two trips in one day. Wow. I got so much done. But I was also very mindful of, okay, do I really need all this silverware? What's the point? Like, I'm really good at being like, get it the fuck out of my apartment. So then when you do the containers, ooh, it's so good. So I've been cleaning (laughs) out the closet. I've been cleaning out the kitchen. And I'm, you know, our grandma literally, are you sure you're not going to need it? Are you sure you don't want it? And I'm like, just fucking give she it away. She likes hoarding. Oh my God, she's a hoarder. Emotional it's been attachments. A, it's been a nightmare cleaning out the garage with her every single time. Are you sure you don't want this? I'm going to just save on, I'm going to hang on to it in case someone wants it. I'm like, oh my God, I, need I to go can't. It's insane. Wait, what are your favorite things to get? I've actually never been to the container store. You've never no. been to the container store? I don't have memories of it. Maybe I have when I was little. Yeah, but you've never, like, experienced it for I think I just always went to, like, Target and was, like, whatever. So I think that some – I think that two container store is good to go walk through at least because you can see, oh, okay, maybe I, – I always try to compare it to Amazon and Target, too, to be, like, is there a cheaper yeah. option? Because oh, it is, like, expensive? a – I don't know. I just okay. always like to check. Is it container store branded? Like, they own the brands? Or is it kind of, um, like – They have different brands. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, I really like the stuff for the kitchen. Obviously, like, organizing all my drawers and stuff. Everything has a place. Okay. I really like it for the kitchen and the bathroom. I'm not as good with the closet. So that's mostly, like, I've just been getting hangers and stuff. But I love, love, love for the kitchen and the bathrooms. And then once I have an office, it would be nice. I like some stuff for the fridge. But I'll show you what I did when I'm done. Okay, you'll, you'll be inspired when I show you. Okay. It'll be my mood boosty next week. It will. You're going to be like, so I went to the container store. Yeah. I w- that would make me so happy. That would make that would boost I'm gonna my do mood. It. I'll I show you. I actually really want to. You'll, you're going to be inspired once I show you. Okay. Because I have a lot of apartment stuff to do. Um, my first mood boosty. I'm going to keep saying mood boosty. I like it. Um, sending messages of gratitude. Ooh, um, I did read that. I yeah, forgot. I loved. That. I think it goes off my best mood of the week. But I've been like, maybe I'm really emotional too, because I also am on my period. But I've been sending like, I don't know, random messages. Like my boyfriend, I'll be like, reminder, I love you so much. You're perfect. Blah blah blah. Like or like to my mom, like reminder, I'm just so grateful for you and like everything you do for me. Like random messages like that. I feel like brightens up people's day because when I get them, I'm like, oh, that was so nice. I love that so much. Yeah. So no- month of November. I can't talk today. Um, I think that's a challenge, sending, like, messages of gratitude to your loved ones. Try to do it, like, once a week. I think that's a really good reminder, too, especially if you don't see certain friends as often yeah. or maybe you don't go out to, like, see your grandma all the time. Just reaching out to people, even if it's just a quick little note, because it can be overwhelming to get in a full conversation. Right. Instead of, like, how are you doing type of thing. Even just, like, a message of gratitude is such a mood booster for you because you get to express that and feel it in the moment when you're writing it. I and, know, like, remind so yourself good. of yeah. what you have. But then you're also brightening someone else's day. So it's, like, a double whammy. It's a double mood booster. It really is. Your mood boosting. It's a two for one. Yeah, it really is. I love that. A two for. 
Did you send me one? I think you did. Well, I, I feel like so. you send me one like every As week. I, I love your psychopath. <laughs> you, I think you send me one every week. My next mood booster is Love is Blind because I just... Oh, the I, show or just like the concept? <laughs> definitely not the fucking concept. Clearly, if you watch the show. I just love having such a good reality binge watch. I know that you're not as necessarily I actually watched it. season one. It's so this, it was interesting. It is so good because you can just, like we always say, you just get out of yourself and transport it into a different world. But it's also just so dumb that it kind of like makes you grateful for your life. <laughs> and it's also just so fun laughing at people. And I love when there's all the takes on the internet because like the show's brand new and it's just coming out. So I live for like kind of the drama aspect of it and everyone talking about it and hearing everyone's takes. And there are like those little moments where like people are being like romantic and lovey-dovey and they do make you feel a little mushy-gushy but ultimately it's like just knowing that on Tuesday night I was like literally crying in bed and then saw that I got Love is Blind the next day like three new episodes and I was just my mood was boosted and it's just so nice oh, to be able it's to not like all of them are out at once Netflix was supposed to be a safe space <laughs> and they just all of a sudden decided you know what no fuck you we're gonna have have to have you wait week to week for episodes well, that sucks. it's literal bullshit because I think the first season there it was all out at the same time yeah and that was a mood booster this no okay so I have to wait till next week yeah that's how the show called The Patient on Hulu was it's just and every episode was 20 minutes it's like why are they doing it why are know. they doing it to us we're all gonna watch it yeah, and like we're gonna going get the, backwards we're gonna get the same amount of ads right. like it's so stupid but yeah I just think that having a good just the, mindless show a mindless show where you can just like sit in bed and eat pizza and watch something oh so nice I mean the amount of times I've sat in I bed mean, does and watched anyone actually work out on that show work out oh like I think meant like physically um yeah. does anyone lift weights on that show <laughs> um there are like two couples that have worked out like actually yeah like from season one there's still a couple that oh, are like wow. uh, and they're okay. like obsessed obsessed with them love is blind love can be blind <laughs> It can be, but not it's like for the most. voice, but the love yeah. comp- or the competition. My second mood boosty is vlogging again. Woo woo! I'm going back to like early 2000s. You know when like the blog scene was just like where it's at. Yeah, I kind of want to bring it back. I think can we should bring, bring it back, back. Like, blogs and just like get rid of everything else. I think that well, well, except podcasts. <laughs> but like maybe social media can take a break and just do blogging again. But I, th- I miss it. I think people didn't care about blogs for a while because everything was popping off. But I think I people know, are I, going back. I actually do too. Like I love one of my favorite blogs is Who What Where, which is like now a huge website. But they have really good fashion articles. But anyways, I haven't launched my blog yet. But I have been writing like a lot on it, just so it has like a lot of content. So when it does launch, and it's been so much fun. I love having my website. Yeah, I think it's such a nice creative outlet for when you're someone that likes to like write and put visual things together. Right. It's and then you're not being like, oh, well, I have to do TikTok. Like you're just doing allowing yourself no, to do what like, you want to do. It was like last time, just creating stuff for fun. Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing a lot of posts and like photos and you're little such videos. a blogger girl. I know. I'm gonna be like Carrie Bradshaw. You are Carrie Bradshaw. So it's gonna be called On Par Stories. It's gonna Ooh. launch I don't know when. But maybe like top of night. Ne- uh no, maybe before end of year I'll have like enough content on it. It's just kinda of for fun right now. It's like a little I think diary. you could do end of year. Yeah. Yeah, why not? So And also we'll don't make don't put the pressure on yourself to make it perfect before you launch it. People exactly. want, people just want to follow along. I know. I always wanted like the layout to be like so perfect. Yeah. But now I'm just like I just want it clean and like easy to navigate and that's it. Like yeah. people aren't gonna be like, Oh my god, this isn't the coolest design website go, ever. People look at it on their phones. Exactly. Yeah. So as long as it looks good on a phone, but 
My next mood booster is leaning on my people. I think that I've just, you know, had a lot going on the past week, especially with the move and such. And even over the weekend, I was also hosting my best friend's birthday party. And I usually hate asking for help because I think that I can get everything done myself. And I think when I lived in LA, I didn't have a lot of people that I felt comfortable leaning on because I just felt so guilty. Like I know that there would would be people that would help me. Um, but I would rather just like pay someone to help me and not feel guilty. And so I think a mood booster has been having leaning on people and having them actually make me not only feel better, but then also be physically helpful with the move and with helping hosting, just doing things that I always am like, I can do it myself. It's been nice to kind of share the experience with people and be able to express my feelings to people and just, you know, not just be alone in my thoughts. Like being able to text you and be like, I'm fucking cranky and this, this and that instead of just kind of dealing with it all by myself. So it's been nice to lean on people. I love that. I think it's empowering to say I need help. Yeah, know? for sure. Instead of being like, I can do everything. I know. I mean, so. I'm still kind of like that. I mean, yesterday I was like in a hole by myself, but whatever. <laughs> but opening yourself up to other people's help is yeah. like very empowering. Um, my last one is being, I'm calling it responsibly early Ooh. in my holiday shopping because I'm the person that's like December 20th. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, time to start. And like everything's sold out or it won't ship in time. Yeah. So I'm actually like planning everything right now and want to like get it all done before December even hits, which might be psycho, but I feel like it'll feel really good. And it's like mood boosting right now. I think I always used to think that it was so much fun to put it off because then you're in the holiday spirit. Yeah. But it's not. No, it's, it's so, not. Like, why not enjoy December and you have everything done with your errands instead of, like, December's chaos? Yeah, and you then know? you can, like, help other people, too. Yeah, I feel like it's, I'm, like, like, last-minute fun instead yeah. of, like, oh, my God, I literally have no gifts for anyone. Exactly, because then it's just psychotic. Because yeah. it's, like, I'll also, like, I'm the oldest sibling, so I have to help all three of my brothers. Then my mom's a single mom, so I then have to help my mom, so it's... Like, I have to get all my stuff done first. Right. Because I have to help so many people. And then all my idiot friends. Like, I just, I need to get it all done. Last year, I did, like, even just a checklist. Yeah. Which was really helpful. I know. I've been writing things down where it's, like, this person, like, okay, these ideas. This person, right. these ideas. And it's, like, more fun now that there's no procrastination yeah. deadlines where I actually have, like, a lot of time. So. I like it. It's definitely a mood booster. Yeah. Being even just, like, organized. Oh, my God. Okay, if you guys watched my Instagram story in the past week, you know that I got a new bed and I'm absolutely freaking obsessed. I got it before I even was going to talk to you guys about this. For me, my bedroom theme is very like, I mean, you guys saw it on Instagram, but it's very like white and clean and just, I think it just needs to be the most neutral and calming space. And I literally found the perfect bed because it's like, just because you spend most of your time unconscious in your bedroom and, you know, like drooling and being whatever, it doesn't mean we can't do it in style. And bedrooms have seen some things, some things that cannot be unseen. They've seen my hangovers, dirty laundry but if anything in our home deserves a little extra tlc it is our bedroom it is such a game changer an article has everything you need to turn your bedroom into the best room all for a great price article offers cozy beds swanky headboards and tons of lighting options to help you set the tone the bed that i got is actually one of the new ones and it's like a slip cover and i just really wanted like a bigger headboard but i really wanted that kind of like floating cloud look but i wanted it to be a bed not just like meh and it feels like an adult bed like a grown-up bed it's so cozy 
I literally, I actually put it together all by myself as well. You don't have to do that, but I'm a psychopath. So I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Article is literally the easiest way to make your space look beautiful. They combine a curation of boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. Their team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They are dedicated to a modern aesthetic of a mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. They have fast, affordable shipping all across the USA and Canada, and it's free on orders over $999. All in-stock items are delivered in two weeks or less, and you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices, which is why I love them, because you don't sacrifice anything for it. They just cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. So there's no showroom, no salespeople, no retail markups, but you're still getting this incredible, amazing quality furniture. I'm actually sitting on the bed right now, now that I think about it. Hee <laughs> hee. Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim this, visit article.com slash mood and the discount code will be automatically applied at checkout. That's A-R-T-I-C-L-E dot com slash mood for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And a picture of my bed is linked in my Instagram highlights. Now we're going to jump into our current mood combo, which is being nervous for big change. And there's so many types of changes and stages and then just tips for adapting to change. And I think we first wanted to start out with just kind of the difference of making a change versus change happening to you because I think it's important to note that, you know, we don't want to take away from anyone's experience of even just like heartbreak or getting fired or just loss in any way or gains that you, you know, obviously it's so much easier to deal with unexpected positive change. I mean, who wouldn't want to win the lottery? But, you know, stress is obviously natural and healthy in any type of change. And I think that a lot of our tips and advice and stages are going to kind of go more towards proactive change than reactive change. But we know that it's also good to be proactive when something happens to you so that you're not a victim. You can kind of make the best out of a negative situation and you can allow things to happen for you, not to you, but you're still going to go through the stages of grief. I mean, there is, when you're in reactive change, there is still, you know, anger, denial, all this stuff. Like when someone in your, when your leader is restructuring or when you lose a job or when your partner just kind of pours something on you, you're still going to kind of be like, what? Shock, angry, and maybe even depressed and anxious and all that stuff. And I think something that's really cool in the kind of, change curve that is more of the reactive is at the end after acceptance there's actually meaning it's like the next stage is finding meaning in it so I think that a lot of times we look back at our lives and we realize how we got here was a lot of shitty things happening to us and it all means something in the end and so we you can at least take some of these tips and make the process less miserable and maybe speed up the process a little bit by being a little bit proactive i think i deal with proactive change more because that's when you really take action and make a change yourself instead of what lauren just said like letting it happen to you when you're proactively making a change that's when you really ask yourself like why do you want to make a change in your life like lauren wanted to live in chicago so she proactively made that change to go from la to chicago Um, and that's when you really question like when do you know it's the right time to make a change and Um, Just having, like, those feelings of you know something's not right and you need to do something about it. So that's when it's, like, very proactive. And there's, like, very concrete steps in a way of a proactive change instead of a reactive change. I feel like it's kind of like we talked about with heartbreak where there's, like, coping mechanisms instead of 
you know, more, like, action steps in a way. Yeah, because if you lose your job or you get broken up with, you didn't seek that out, you didn't kind of do that pre-contemplation step, I think some of the latter half of the stages. And we always like to remind you guys that you're not alone and there's so many things that are natural and that's why I always like to bring up like the logical or psychological side to it too. And people are really resistant to change, obviously, because we as human beings, it's kind of biological. We are wired for survival and our brain naturally sees change as a potential warning sign of danger. So if you're fearful of change, if you don't know if you want to make it because of that or if you know something happened to you and now you're scared, it's totally normal. Our brain is designed to create habits. And we have this drive for consistency and we have this attachment to our habits. Humans have a psychological response to change for a reason. And that's why 70% of change initiatives fail in today's businesses even. And why most New Year's resolutions don't make it even past Valentine's Day. And I liked what you wrote down too um, of the quote. We can do a quote for this episode. I don't know how to say that name. Um, I don't either, so that's why I'm going to avoid the name, but I did read off Jay Shetty's uh, blog. So people have a hard time letting go of their suffering. Out of a fear of the unknown, they prefer suffering that is familiar. So I didn't even read that before. That is like my personality too. Jay. Exactly, right? So people like are so afraid to deal with unknowns and like unfamiliar feelings, so they just stick in the familiar kinds of suffering, even if it's hurtful or painful. Well, I think that's... So, that's I, um, that shows how resistant we are and how wired we are because yeah. we would literally rather stay depressed than change just because it's what we right. know. And I think dealing with change is like learning the skill of adapting mm. and feeling comfortable with the unfamiliar in a way. Um, so I think that's like the most important part of change is like adopting this skill of feeling comfortable with unfamiliar feelings. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that it kind of goes back to why I always – love the word peace instead of happiness because peace is like things are still going to happen to you and shit's going to happen but like you're comfortable within yourself to be able to navigate those things you know and it's like I like that quote a lot because I think even a lot of times with my like life coach and with my therapist I get really really scared to try the new even mood boosters because I'm like what if they make me better and then I'm a different person I'm just I want to be better and I want to keep healing and I want to keep growing and all these things are exciting but it's just so much scarier because there's so many unknowns with it so it's almost like well I'd rather just be depressed forever because you know now how to like cope with that yeah Yeah. and so I totally relate to the suffering part of it because I bring that up in almost every therapy session I know it's crazy and I think it's like also important note that we always say like no changes forever and I think the proactive changes like yeah I don't think that has to be forever because you can always make another proactive change mm-hmm. I think a reactive change sadly like sometimes changes are forever if you lose someone like that but I think your feelings around that change aren't forever yeah right so you can always like if you have a change that feels like forever like you lost someone like obviously sadly you can't bring them back to life or fix a relationship that's not meant to be you know but you don't always have to like be in the grief stage or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing isn't forever yeah definitely and that goes back to making a proactive change from the reactive change which is super cycle and meta (laughs) and obviously you guys know chloe and i have gone through so much change i mean we did a whole episode before we kind of started this new version of the podcast about why we both left la and that was a huge change for both of us and so 
I mean, we both moved back to Chicago and our experiences were obviously totally different. Our reasons were totally different, but obviously they're very similar at the same time. But just more, you know, our personal process was obviously different because we're two different people. I think that since I'm kind of almost approaching 30, I can just look back at my 20s and be like, wow, there's so much constant change. And some of it I didn't decide, some of it I did decide. And I think that everything that is good in my life has come from change nothing good has come from staying stuck in the same spot whether I got myself out of it or something happened to me to get me out of it and what I did next and so I mean for me a lot of the change has been heartbreak moving just always constantly changing parts of my business because of the way the industry that I fell into has been I feel like I'm way more comfortable with change now in a sense of I'm not as scared of what the future holds, but it doesn't mean that in the moment things aren't stressful or overwhelming or sad. I still feel my feelings, but I'm definitely a lot more confident and I've realized that if something doesn't work out, you can, how you were saying, you just change again. That's why I think I was so confident to make the move to Chicago because I didn't have this attachment to the outcome. And so I think what I've learned is when I want to make a change, I do my best and I am gonna you know obviously do the steps and everything and the stages but I'm not attached to an outcome and because I want to make the best of the present and I trust myself at this point so yeah and I feel like my physical change like LA to Chicago affected like emotional changes and then like it changed the dynamic of my career so a lot of like career changes so like that physical move also caused a lot of other changes I needed to deal yeah. with, um, which was scary. And also, like in LA, I think I had so many changes like consistently. Like I was always on the go, which I think traveling is always like I don't know. It just like feels like a change when you travel because you're totally. just physically um, moving places. So I was always on the go. So I was used to constant change. And then the pandemic happened. Nothing changed for a while. So then now that I'm like rebuilding my life in Chicago. Like, change is very anxiety-inducing for me. When it used to not be, it used to be kind of exciting. But now I'm like, oh, my God, this is such a big change because it hasn't happened in so long, you know? Yeah, I think it's very unique that the world changed. It, all Everyone's world changed and obviously the entire world in general. And then because of that, we've all had to make so many changes. So it's a very unique situation that everyone's in right now because we collectively went through the pandemic but obviously change is constant it's going to be happening your whole life I just think we're all in a very specific part of history as well too so it's kind of like it's a unique time for change but change is never going to stop you're never just going to be in the same place for your entire life change is inevitable yeah also I do think because of the pandemic it's like the perfect time to make a change that maybe you've been wanting to like why not like everyone had to change because like the whole dynamic of work life and everything changed so it's like the perfect time to rip off the band-aid well and you were not going 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 so you had time to actually think about your life exactly it's crazy and so i and i think those thoughts are 100 percent valid it's not just oh i have to get back in the swing of things it's you had this quiet time with yourself. And it was so, like a life reset, honestly. Yeah, for sure. A society reset where everyone was like, okay, what do I actually want to do with my life when the world opens up? I feel like it, it also changed people's personalities. Even I was like, oh, I do want to travel more. I do yeah. want to do more stuff. Or some people were like, I do like being a homebody. Like, it's just changed so much. But pandemic aside, 
like we said, change is inevitable. So this advice and stages of change hopefully can be applied to whatever you're specifically going through at this time or in the future, because change is always hard no matter what type it is. I agree. I think we should get into the stages. Let's do it. Okay. So we did some research, and this is a change model. And the first step that we researched was pre-contemplation. So this is when you're feeling a certain way, you may be feeling a little off, and you don't yet realize or acknowledge a change needs to be made. So you're not really aware of it yet, but you're just feeling like a little off, and then maybe you're also like kind of in denial. So people are coming at you like, hey, maybe it's time to make a change, and you're like, no, like I'm fine. You're being mm. a little defensive. So have you ever felt like that, like when you were moving maybe to Chicago the first time? or Yeah, I think it, it's so hard to pinpoint the pre-contemplation stage because you can easily just write it off as a right. bad mood or – a just bad kind of month or something like that because we like we said earlier earlier you're in your routine you're in your habits and you're in your patterns you could just be going through the motions not realizing that they're not the motions for you almost it's so important to constantly be checking in with yourself I think and checking in with your moods and your feeling because that for me has been a way where I can tell if something needs to change yeah and for me too I like to really look inward daily and remind myself okay is this my gut or my anxiety is this stress or is something off just constantly checking in with myself because now I'm way more aware of the pre-contemplation phase after I have been checking in with myself for a few weeks let's say in a relationship and I'm like okay this is how I've been feeling for a while something needs to change it just makes it a little bit easier to navigate because right. or else I mean like did you tell or were you just no, like No, I think that's why like journaling is so important right. or, like reflection but I think back in like April when I like was deciding LA Chicago I was so short-tempered and cranky mm. honestly I felt like really nervous and like anxiety every time I had to go to LA that my mom was finally like your mood is like not right like why are you forcing yourself to be somewhere that doesn't make you happy and I I kept doing the denial thing where I was like I have to be my job's here I have to be I don't have a choice I have to be so I think that was kind of my I didn't realize it at the time but that was like the pre-contemplation phase where I was just like moody and like off it's so funny because it's always you know like the closest person to you and when you said that I remember being a freshman in college and I was going to the small art school downtown Chicago and I was absolutely fucking miserable and I went home and my mom was like I'm so sick and tired of you being so depressed like just transfer yeah and I was like what what do you mean that's an option because you know also like I'm 18 at the time so I don't you you're not taught in the high school setting at least that we had you're taught that you apply to a college and you go there for four years you're it's not like hey if you're unhappy you can make a change um and so when she said that I I just thought wait holy shit I'm allowed to do that but I also just thought that I had to deal with it and so right. it's kind of that same little moment of someone being like hey snapping you out you of need it. to make a change because you're fucking miserable yeah because I do think the pre-contemplation phase is confusing because it's almost like you're not aware yet, so you don't even know you're in it. Right. Which brings us to stage two, contemplation. So this is now you realize there's a problem, mm. but you're not confident enough to do something about it. Yeah. And I think that's where most people fall before they make a big change is like contemplating because they're like, uh, I wish I could do this, but I'm way too scared. Do you feel like your contemplation stage is longer because of your anxiety and 
yes. brain wiring. I think anxiety brings overthinking. Yeah. Um, and I actually just listened to Jay Shetty's podcast. I'm like obsessed with him right now. But he was defining overthinking and thinking. And thinking is when it's productive. Mm. And like the time limit is a productive way of like creating something. But then when you're overthinking, it goes like over time. Where like mm. it's not even productive anymore because you're not taking action steps. You're basically just like reacting to your emotions. And like just thinking in a positive way is you're taking productive actions for it right so if you're like thinking to start a youtube channel like maybe you're thinking about so much that you're writing ideas down or blah blah blah. but overthinking it is just every day you're like i wish i could start a youtube channel i wish i could start a youtube channel but what if i did this what if i did this like you're not actually like doing something to make it happen so that's just overthinking so i feel like overthinking comes a lot with contemplation and like i do i know i i'm like victim to it well i know because I'm someone that I think I'm so adverse to change and my personality is very go, go, go that sometimes I underthink. Yeah. And so you're more like impulsive. Yeah. And I think I can be very impulsive because I can be very excited and passionate and fearless in a sense. And I think it's a really good trait, but you know, when there's too much or it's the wrong applied to the wrong thing. And that's why a lot of times I've learned to at least to be like a better friend and helpful to just really be a better listener and be productive with it. I mean, obviously our relationship is different because I know you overthink. So after a certain point, I'm like, you just rip the band. Like, just yeah. what, like, what are you wasting time for? But my, like I, but I think obviously like it's how I started my career. It's like band-aid ripped off, ripped off, ripped off. And you get older and you slow down a lot. I'm someone who's very much like, make a change. What are you doing? Change it up. And it's funny because it's so easy to say, but it's not easy to do, even in my own life all the time. I think that goes back to the kind of gut versus anxiety thing because you're thinking, I feel it in my gut that I yeah. really, I, I need to do this and I want to do this. And it's almost like that trusting yourself. I think I just... I think I get frustrated when I see people just not trusting themselves to A, make it happen and make it work and it'd be amazing, but then also to be able to pick up the pieces and everything's going to work out. And so I think it's, even if you have the gut feeling and then the anxiety comes, it's reminding yourself that you had the gut feeling and like trusting yourself enough to know you're going to get through it and it's going to be okay, even though it's going to be stressful, but of course it's so easy to go back and forth and back and yeah. forth because it's it feels like the end of the world sometimes, you know? Right. I actually didn't notice that you're more impulsive and I'm more, like, calculated. Yeah. I thought we were more similar, but I'm like, no, that's so true because I feel like you lead with emotion. Yeah. And I lead with, like, like calculations and, like, logic behind it and making sure it's, like, the smart right move. And you're just like, no, I feel it. Like, let's do it. Yeah. So I feel like if we, like, combined us, we'd have, like, no. the superhuman, like, For mindset. Real. But I feel like there is pros and cons of both because you remind me, like, oh, my God, just do it. Right. And then I remind you, like, wait, hold on, slow down, and, like, let's really yeah. think, like, if this is the right move. Well, you know? I think it's good, too, because y you, you teach me that just by watching you make changes. So – I have been obviously, you know, listening and like supportive of all your stuff and I can tell the shift too. So it's so nice to watch you walk through something logically and have your concerns and then I'm able to see both sides and like give even better advice that will help me in my own life later. 
help me be supportive and then I can see the rabbit hole starting and that's when I can come in with like my side and be back to my expertise of okay she like shut the fuck up you're incredible like this is amazing this is insane that's when the emotion comes in you know what I mean I'm like what are you talking about you're fucking awesome (laughs) you are a girl boss you know what I mean and so I think it's like nice to have both and to be able to distinguish that in your own brain yeah on your own reflections is really important you have to know who's talking is it your anxiety or is it yourself and that's why I always say like you are driving the bus like your anxiety is not driving the bus your fear is not driving the bus your depression is not driving the bus there are passengers they are there you could, you're going to talk to them sometimes yeah. you're not going to be able to control when they come up and tap you on the shoulder but they're not making the decisions like you're not making a decision out of fear you're not making a decision out of anxiety and I think that's so important to learn about yourself because that's been one of the most important things that I've had to learn because yeah. duh I'd love to make all my decisions out of depression well my depression yeah. would love to make all I think you decisions. need like the emotion and the logic and it's hard to find that balance but like like I even like respect you because I I give you advice and sometimes you're like now nah, this is what I feel I'm doing it <laughs> and like honestly sometimes it doesn't work out but I'm like respect because I think you have to learn not all changes will work out and like sometimes we fail and then you get right back up and try it again and I'm like nice like so I don't think there's like a right or wrong I think it's just again how you get your gut to feel completely in on it and for you it's like fully feeling it for me I need to feel it but also like back it up and like okay this is like evidence of why this is right yeah no for sure from curling and straightening to hairspray to over bleaching we all have done some damage to our hair over the years mine is obviously from bleaching because I like to go very very blonde and I have very very dark hair and so it's like not really great but I can't stop and I won't stop so I'm going to take care of it in the meantime and if you're like me and you do struggle to have like longer and thicker hair after years of damage then you have to give Vegamore a try. Vegamore has transformed our hair. Their holistic approach to hair health uses smart botanicals that promote visibly thicker, fuller, and longer looking hair. With the help from Vegamore, getting healthy, beautiful looking hair without the use of harmful chemicals is the best part. All their products are cruelty-free and never contain parabens or hormones. Vegamore has something for everyone looking to improve their hair health. The Grove Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit works together to create visibly thicker and improve hair from the root. So you just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds and then follow up with the conditioner. It's literally as simple as that. And having Vegamore as my go-to shampoo and conditioner is a game changer for my overall hair health. Because I'm not going to stop going blonde and I need to keep it healthy so that I can keep being pretty. You know what I mean? So I really try anything and I love how easy it is. And with Vegamore, there's no risk when trying because they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. But with 91% of customers saying they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months, I mean, you won't want it to run out. So don't let the damage of the past hold your hair back. See your hair's full potential with Vegamore. Go to vegamore.com slash mood and use code mood to save 20% off your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mood, code mood, to save 20% at vegamore.com slash mood. Obviously, you're going to have all the feelings and the logic. It's just in order to have the logic, you can't be overclouded by the feelings, you know? Because if you're just anxious about it, how are you going to be productive and proactive? And so that's a lot of our main advice, too, after complicating contemplation yeah no I agree and if you're too like excited in on it maybe you didn't like think it through enough totally which leads to determination is stage three so that is finally making your game plan and preparing so it's right before stage four which is actually taking action but this is the prep 
And we love prep. We love a game plan. OCD organization mode, you know? What do you do to prep for, like, the action stage? Well, I was also going to say it just, like, feels good, too, because you feel like you're accomplishing stuff, too. So that's why I really like that phase. I know. Because it's that extra step, too, that it kind of can make some of your fears get smaller when you really start planning it out and seeing, okay, wait, this could actually work. And so that's why I'm saying, like, at least allow yourself to get to the determined stage. Yeah. Because you'll actually kind of make some of those stresses and worries fall away. I think for me, determination is just really making a plan. Of, I mean, obviously, mine's not, like, as logical as yours. Because I, a lot of the time, I just, for me, it's like I've gone through so much shit in my life. And I know I always figure it out that I just have this like this confidence of I know this like lack of confidence in a sense of I know that life fucking hates me most of the time but I know that it always is fine at some point yeah so I have that but then I also kind of just start moving the pieces around of what is the priority what is second priority I don't get like too over I do like mostly kind of like brain dumps and lists and kind of steps in a way of what I have to do to make these things happen but I'm very in determination I'm very go 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 so it's like I almost like do determination in the next step in one like determined action action because I'm very like go 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 yeah but if you're not if you're someone that's not I think determination could be a really good exercise of you don't have to put any of this into action. You can just figure it out, right? And I think that's what you said. It feels safe in a way, like knowing it's possible. Like if you're moving, it's like, okay, determination would be start researching apartments. What would be the prices? Can you afford it? Like really making a spreadsheet of like all the things you need to move. Like that's it. And then if you feel like you feel good about that, then you take action. Yeah, I think it's really good advice for people who – because a lot of girls will always write in saying, how do I know when it's time to break up with this person? How do I know when it's time to find a new job? And I think that that's kind of like the first three steps we've talked about. I yeah. think you even asking that is like you're kind of pre-contemplating and contemplating, right? It's like you almost haven't even allowed yourself to probably fully contemplate because it's so scary. And then the determination could just really be like, okay, what would my life look like? And then also reminding yourself to... Think about what it is that you want and what your purpose is. I think that that's really important that a lot of people forget and can kind of be logical and emotional because you can take that determined phase to really think, okay, are there jobs available for me in this city? How much money do I need to make to live there? Who lives there? How will I make myself happy there? But then also big picture, like what's my purpose? And like yeah. what's my meaning in life? And does this align with that? Right. And really making sure that your life and your choices are in alignment because then you can't really regret anything. No. I think we said it last episode of, like, defining what happiness means to you. Mm. That's exactly, like, what you're saying. Yeah, happiness and success. So once you, like, define what that is, I feel like it helps you make a game plan because it's, like, if you're not getting that purpose, it's, like, okay, scrap. Like, this isn't the right change, you know? Yeah. But, again, sometimes you have to make a change to realize it's not the right one. Yeah. That's the scary part. You can at least feel, like, good about it because you're still gonna be stressed i just i think planning is like the most fun because you really can like imagine what like the new change would look like i mean it's almost like me planning this whole move yeah the past like 30 ish days and all that was nice and dandy and 
this move will be great for me. Yeah. But the past week has been fucking hell. Right. You know, because it's just so stressful and so overwhelming and like, you know what I mean? But the determ- or the contemplation part, that was really fucking fun. <laughs> Actually, a good example is when I moved in with my boyfriend, my job is still based in LA. So that determined phase, determination phase, sorry, actually took a lot of planning where like i was like okay like what does this look like is it smart and i know we shouldn't ever say what if but i actually had to do some what ifs of like okay what if i had moved back permanently to la and i'm stuck in this lease Mm. so i did have like fallback like problem solvers and solutions that i wrote down in the determination phase where i was like okay i actually feel good about any of the things that could happen if i make this decision because i knew i wanted to it was more like just solving like the little things that might happen because there's a lot of unknowns with it just like with my job but I feel like doing that determination phase of planning for things that like unexpected things from job wise if I had moved back actually was like helping me be feel okay like oh yeah this is fine well because they like, were I also, always have a solution if things happen they were know? also realistic things that could happen too yeah. but so it was almost you weighing your own personal definition of happiness and success against the negative outcomes yeah and have it's almost like a pros and cons but yeah. you're it, but taking it that next step further of okay if this does happen I'm thinking it through right now I'm not just going in blind and then shocked because you're almost avoiding bigger stress later right because you did think it through and you pre-planned okay if this happens and I have to figure something new out I know that could happen I know what I'll do and it's not going to be easy but I'm choosing this because it's worth it overall because it aligns 100%. with what you want yeah it was like defining my happiness meant living with my like I wanted to live with my boyfriend so badly and like build a life here with him so yeah again like you said no matter what obstacles came in the way like knowing I had a solution and that it was worth it just totally made me feel confident to go into action mode that just reminded me too of something I wrote down because I as you were saying that I think it could be really easy and I'm sure for you you had this thought of yeah, but is it bad that I want to live with my boyfriend? And, like, what like what are other people going to think? Should I value this more? And it almost is kind of comparative, right, to, yeah. like, other people's opinions. And I think that with change, it's so important to look inward and do this contemplation step because you can't compare your change and your next steps to what other people are doing. You have to do what's best for you no 100%. matter what. I love that. And we haven't, we didn't mean to do this, but all of our episodes are lining up perfectly. I know. Where they're all like feeding into the next I theme. literally, I wrote down, I, like, I said, don't, I said, don't compare yourself because this relates to kind of timeline and change and starting stuff. And even if it's something that happens to you, you know, whether I keep going back to like losing your job and getting broken up with, because I think that those are just two really easy examples and they're really big changes. Cause I always say that it's, you know, it's like a lifestyle change. You, all your patterns, all your habits, all your routines are going to change. And you just can't compare yourself when you're going through change because Everyone has to go through change at different times. No one's timelines are the same. So remember that and go back and listen to the other episode. 100%. Okay, so we kind of talked, we did talk about the action plan. Is there anything you wanted to add of like tips you have for like finally going from planning to action? Um, Well, so I think that my initial thought, even after you saying kind of your deciding, your contemplation phase with moving with your boyfriend was, okay, now rip off the band-aid. So yeah. For you, once you did that, what what was like the what was the first action? Like, what was that next step like? Like, what 
I can't even talk because I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, just, like, ah. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like, go, do, do whatever. Like, do I think it. it's exactly what you said is like ripping off the bandaid and making like a concrete like action that you're in. Like me was signing the lease. Like I'm mm. in, Couldn't, can't go backwards. I just did it. And I think that's when like you have to stop overthinking and just do it. And I don't want to say quickly, but like in a certain time frame where you don't go backwards. Right. And you stick to it and like rip off the bandaid and then take the next step. So yours was signing the lease. Yes. Interesting. I guess mine is like making the big action first and then the little ones after it will be easier. Because I guess like my moving to Chicago was a little bit more in flux, right? So it didn't feel like as big of a change until really recently because I still had my house. I had like a fallback plan. So I guess I did have a little bit of logical backup plans of I'm going to do this and if it doesn't work out, I go back. And I had a place to go back to. So I wasn't totally just blind. But I like... I like how it's a little bit different because I my fallback things were kind of still there while it was happening, and then I finally just committed 100%, even though I was putting in all of the percentages along the way, for yeah. sure, to get here. Um, but I think that, would you say that action is not, there's that one big thing, but then does, but then there's so many other little things you have to do. There's so many yeah. other small actions as well. I think that is like, my number one advice is like doing the biggest action first like for you it's renting out your house and then once you did right. that I feel like you knew okay like my house can't live in it for this amount of time yeah I'm on my way to Chicago yeah and then you start doing like the little ones but I feel like once the big ones out of the way you finally are like wow I'm making this change right you know because then there's all those smaller actions like I just got on a plane right yeah but I thought oh maybe I'll just live with my mom for a while decided nope gotta change that gotta get out of here get an apartment and there was all these little changes and it's almost adjustments and next steps that I guess you kind of figure out as you go too right you can't totally pre-plan for no and I think like if you make that big change first then you get more confident where like if a bigger change comes after you're just like a superstar at that point you're already like dealt with the change of emotions where you're in this unknown space already where it's like you're welcoming in all the smaller or bigger ones that come after it in a way I think that's good for the next stage then, right? Which is the relapse stage. And that is when fears start creeping in and you haven't gotten comfortable to the new change where you might relapse and like go into a little self-doubt being like, wait, should I like break the lease or should I move back to LA already? Or what if, what if, if, you know? And I think I've definitely done the relapse. Like, I don't know about my living situation, but I've relapsed in other big changes I've made. I'm trying to think. Well, even just like second guessing yourself yeah. and almost having this phantom feeling of regret because you're just so anxious and so self-doubty that you automatically think, I shouldn't have fucking done this. This yes. is so stupid. Even if it's like a quick thought. I think right, that's what it was. Right. Like maybe a month after I moved in, I was like, oh, am I going to be able to afford this and my flights to LA and like doing the job remotely and blah, blah, blah. Like I kind of had like a financial panic, but I just had to remind myself. Like, again, what what makes me happy at the end of the day? Yeah, and it, it's literally that fleeting thought of, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even think it's, fuck? like, a relapse in action. It's, like, your thinking process. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's it's basically how you feel about it, and it's you're, are, you already made the change. Yeah. And it's, like, you actually can't go. Like, it, sometimes you can't go backwards. Yeah, and you, in, in a sense, like, you can, we always say, like, you can change again. Yeah. You, can, you can continuously course correct, but sometimes 
Because I always say, like, at the end of the day, if you really had to break a lease, if you really had to move back home with your parents, if you really had to, whatever, you can do that. But that's why it's almost like looking at the worst case is that doesn't align with what you want. So, okay, stop. No, I chose this for a reason. And I'm going to keep putting in the action to try to make it the best thing for me. And then if it's really not, I can change again. But most of the time, it's really just a relapse in a sense of you just feel like really overwhelmed and stressed out and worried because it's real now. I think that that goes back to that quote is like you're unfamiliar with these new emotions and then you kind of panic at first and you just have to like adapt again being like, oh wait, no, like I knew this was right. Exactly. My therapist, we always talk about recognizing what you're going through and being gentle with yourself because it's so easy to judge yourself judge yourself and shame yourself because you think okay I made the big decision now everything's gonna fall into place and there's still so many feelings and emotions and things you have to do surrounding that that you have to kind of almost take the time to be proud of yourself for making that big change and actually going through with it and be gentle with yourself of how hard it is yeah and be kind to yourself I always am like okay well on to the next thing I made the big thing. Now I'm in Chicago. What do I have to do? How do I get better? What's the next thing? And it's like, wait, slow down. Look how far you've come. Look how much you've been through. Be gentle with yourself. Relax for a second. Just be nice, you know? I know. It's like you have to take a moment to be proud. I love that word. 100%. Like even when like we moved to LA first for UCLA and for your career I feel like we didn't take a moment I I don't think I did until I graduated like four years later being like wow I like moved out to LA alone because I didn't know you were moving at first right and went to UCLA and like I'm so proud but it took me four years to finally be like whoa what did I just do that's so sick that's so weird it took me almost around the same time because I remember that I never felt proud of myself yeah until I moved in to my first apartment by myself after four or five years in LA and I was standing in like the empty apartment it's always like like a moment it's always a moment in an apartment with yeah me. I don't know why <laughs> it's like the physical it is because I can't it, the visual it, it's like life has to really put it in front of my face but, yeah because I'm so in my head and I remember standing in Brentwood thinking holy shit like I made it because I you know, I was making money and I was technically being quote unquote successful, but it was so hustle culture that it was like, okay, I booked a role. Now what's the next role? Okay. I did this. What's the next thing? And so once I finally had a space of my own, and I think it's also like my personality of, you know, maybe for someone else, it's, oh my God, I was finally able to buy this ticket to Italy and I've always wanted to go. Like I fucking made it. So it's that kind of like personal moment of when you realize it and it's, For me, it was around that same time of, wow, I've done a lot in L.A. for the past few years. And it almost harks back to what we were saying earlier, why it's so good to constantly be checking in with yourself and reminding yourself of what you do have. Because it's so easy to focus on what you don't, compare yourself to other people, and want to do the next thing. And you should really be proud of even having the being at the contemplation stage because there are so many people that will never change like straight up will never change anything about their mood anything about their life any even small habit like Mm -hmm. even if you just wake up in the morning and do one thing differently a few days in a row like that is something to be proud of because so many people will never do it and I'm not being dramatic they will live like they will be cranky till the day they die straight up and never do anything about it or stay in a bad relationship for the rest of their life just because it's what they know. So I think having those little moments, don't wait so long 
to let it sink in. Obviously, big moments are still going to be big moments, and they're going to feel great, but allow yourself to have those tiny little moments because it's going to make the relapses probably better. Yeah, right? and less, I feel like, too. Yeah. Which I think segues into the last stage really well is maintenance. Um, so that's when you're finally maintaining the new change. Um, you're actively adapting to it, and then you're living your life to the fullest in this new change. Um, and I think, like, actually that's kind of goes off to what I was saying about how I wasn't proud of my mm. LA change until like four years later. I think it's because I was actively like maintaining it. And like you said, like hustling for the four years in college that like I didn't take a moment to realizing I was already adapting to that change mm. my whole time in college because I kept like going and studying and going to school and making new friends. Like I already was adapting to that change. And then like when those four years of college were over, I finally got to sit back and be like, like I was standing on the podium with the diploma being like, oh wait, my whole family flew all the way to LA. I made that change to get all the way here. Like I'm so proud and I've been actively living in it. Like sometimes you don't even realize. I think it's a good point though too to as evidence when anyone, including yourself and myself, looks back at how you don't realize how much you can handle until you're just going through it. So it's so easy to overthink change in the beginning. But when life throws something at you, you just kind of almost go into autopilot. So it's almost kind of a nice thing. Like, yes, of course, you know, be checking in with yourself and all that stuff. But it's nice evidence to to be like, I didn't think I was capable of that. And like, holy crap, I just like if I told my younger self, like you're going to move to L.A. and you're going to go through four years of school and you're going to end up with a diploma diploma. But you just did it naturally. You did it subconsciously. You did it without even thinking because that's how natural it can be as well because we're able to get through hard things, you know? Does that make sense? No, 100%. Because I feel like once you make the change, it I don't know, I'm trying to explain it too. It's like waking up every day and choosing to like live this new life change you made. So for me, it was like actively going to school actively studying actively trying to make friends like actively going out on the weekends and like it just feels like normal life but at the same time it's like I'm not doing that in Chicago I'm doing that in LA I'm actively maintaining this change and I didn't move back because of it well I think that people too associate change too as huge huge big thing and that's why those small things that you just mentioned those are still things to be proud of and to notice even though they seem they you it's easy to think of them as oh this is just assumed this just goes with it you are actually choosing that like no one's forcing you to do those things no one's and also no one's gonna make you do those things so it's still something to kind of recognize and put stake into you know even if you don't recognize it in the moment or if you just do need like little things to do to remind because I think a lot of people struggle with moving to a new city yeah and not knowing people because obviously we moved back home I mean we went to LA but we we had these like kind of small infrastructures built yeah. for us of socializing and stuff. And when I had the thought of moving to San Diego and was going to do it, I really made sure that, okay, I'm going to make sure to leave the house. I'm going to make sure to create a routine. I'm going to make sure to connect with people and reach out with people. And it, it seems scary, but it can also be so exciting, I right. guess, you know? I know, and I think the maintaining stage, like you just said, is when the small things are really important because it's actively doing the small things then. Yeah. It, like, you already did the big things, so now it's just, like, again, like, choosing to do the small things every day where you won't even know you're maintaining. So many people are afraid of the small things, though. It's so interesting. I know. People always say how to make friends in a new city. 
And all the time, I just, to me, I think, okay, you know, join local Facebook groups, get on that side of TikTok, get on that side of social media, go to workout classes and clubs. Because I do think that there is so much opportunity out there if we just actually look for it too. But a lot of time we're stuck in the, how do I make friends? How will I make friends? Yeah. That you're not actively looking. Yeah. Instead of like just doing the small little things. Because I think that could even be in the contemplation phase of like, if that's something that you're worried about, putting that on your list of here are a few ways that I'm going to make friends in Denver. Yeah. What's cool in Denver? Where can I go? I researched some of the places. Right. I can walk to this coffee shop and just, I can also just be more open, introduce myself to people. And it's all scary. And it's yeah. for sure stressful. It's just putting yourself but out But realizing there. that there, it's, there is opportunity. People do it every day. Yeah. People move to new places every single day. And that's like breaking down the big picture to make it more, um, what's it called? Tangible? Yeah, to make it more tangible. That's why like you like kind of like making the pre-plan because you can visualize it. Yeah. And you can make action steps. And right. you can find solutions. And you can really just put them into writing and see them because that's why I always say like the brain dump list too, because it's so less overwhelming when you get it out of your head, whether that's journaling or making lists or making spreadsheets or doing the research and copy and pasting links and stuff. When you actually get it out of your head, that's almost what you were saying about like the thinking versus overthinking. Yeah. So all the things you're thinking, stop overthinking them and actually put them down onto paper Put them into, organize them, organize your thoughts so then you can, when something comes up for you, you can go back to it, add something, take something away, get inspired. I know, because I think people think overthinking is just like a time thing where if you think too much, you're overthinking, but there is productive thinking that you could do for like two years. Like totally. Say again, like you're starting a podcast, maybe that does take two years and you're actively doing something while you're thinking, but overthinking, like again, you just said is when it's not, uh, it's not productive. Yeah, because you're also your ideas and your thoughts around the thing are going to change. Yeah. So you're not going to stop thinking about something because you're going to always be thinking of how to improve and how to change. Yeah. So it's not to stop thinking about it, just right. do it. It's more like just be more proactive and more productive with your thinking. And I think the productivity can be anywhere from making a list, getting organized journal, to also notice your feelings around it and notice what your feelings are telling you in a sense of okay is this anxiety is this my gut and I think that also goes to having a support system without with having that boundary in comparison it's kind of what we talked about last episode of you know my boundary in my family comparison is I'm just not going to fully explain this change to X, Y, and Z people in my life because they're not going to understand it and I don't need their influence and I don't need them to stress me out. But finding the people that, you know, their boundary is I, I want them to support me. They lift me up. They make me feel better and I can talk to them and talk this through with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I think, I mean, I think like there's so much good advice going through those stages of change that we talk through, but... Is there any, like, top advice or maybe it's just one thing that you want to really stress? Yeah, I think we should go through, I think we should go through, like, the general tips for making change because obviously those were the stages. Yeah. So kind of just, like, the things that we want to stress. We kind of broke down some of our advice in, within the stages, but I think the overarching, no matter what stage you're in, 
good advice for change. Yeah. Big or I, small. I think everyone has different advice too. So I'm, I'm excited to hear like your specific favorite tips that you take into account when you're making a change. Well, yours are way more organized than mine. So let's go off of yours. <laughs> Okay. So the first one I have is plan ahead, which we did talk about during the determination phase. And like Lauren said, like once you write things down and like organize, you start feeling more secure and safe in your decisions because it becomes more concrete and doable. Like it, it feels more realistic when you actually start building this plan. Yeah. Mine off of that would just be like visualizing it is very, very helpful and can really lead you to make even more inspiring changes because you could write something down and then you think of something else productively and then you think, oh wait, this is actually another good idea. So I think it's really good to take that time by yourself and not only plan ahead, but really look inward too. So when you're planning and getting organized, make sure you're also aligning things with your happiness, your, like what success means to you and what your you think your purpose is in life and just reminding yourself that it's just a plan for right now you know yeah. and I think yeah. that goes to your next one which is taking time to reflect yeah I love that and I, I wanted to mention with take time to reflect is like I think it's so easy in burnout culture to be like oh I'll do it when things are less busy or I'll mm. do it like after this when I have to get this stuff done with work like then you have to remind yourself things will always be busy and chaotic so you just gotta like make the time like yeah. it'll never slow down you know and that's what I always have to remind myself because I always like procrastinate by being like uh, but work's busy I'll, I'll do the planning later I'll reflect later but it's like there's never like a good time like you just gotta make it happen mine is I'm so kind of stuck in my pat, in my comfort zone yeah. of suffering and chaos that I don't want to carve out the time and so I think that for me I see it as the big th- sometimes I th- sometimes I see taking the time as the big thing yeah taking the time to write down the list and all that stuff kind of how you said it could it could be procrastination but for me it's just really the big scary thing and so what I've tried to do is do little things of writing down the idea or the thought that's associated with it so that over time I can slowly realize the things that I'm wanting to do and then those time slots almost become a little bit bigger because I always see it as this big scary thing where I have to take time I have to figure out my entire yeah. fucking life and plan it and out like one go and yeah, yeah exactly like almost like take a coffee and like grrr. and so sometimes if you split it up into smaller portions that could be is still just as good of a reflection as well and can get you to that bigger one I think yeah at least for me I love that and then the next one I put is reframe your perspective, which I feel like we could take this different ways. Um, so for me, when I wrote this down, I feel like it's just what we just said is like breaking down the big picture into smaller pictures because I feel like change can go with like having like a dream because changes, mm-hmm. dreams, I feel like they can be the same. Um, and like think of like you had a dream, like I want to be a fashion designer. Like that's such a big dream, mm-hmm. right? Like if you keep saying, I want to be a fashion designer, I want to be a fashion designer, like it becomes overwhelming because you're like, ugh, like how do I get there? But maybe it's like, I want to go to fashion school. Then I want to design like five pieces. I want to learn how to fashion sketch. It's like doing all the small things to get to fashion designing that like makes it feel more tangible and tangible and real um, instead of being so overwhelmed with this like big dream or this big change. So I think that's what we just said is like bringing it down into like the small things. Yeah, I think it's always nice to have short-term goals and long-term goals because reminding yourself that nothing great happens overnight anyway. So no matter what change you're doing, it's still going to be so many small things that get you to that fulfilled, meaningful feeling. And I think for work a lot too, I have short-term goals in a sense of 
my short-term girl, my short girls, my short-term girls. My short-term girls. My short my girlies. My girlies. My short-term, oh my God. <laughs> my short-term goals always align with my big-term goals, but separating them and realizing what you have to do first before you can even get to them kind of just even in work or just one thing, even if you're not making a big change, just having short-term and long-term is always a nice way to ease your mind and taking time to reflect. And I think when you're taking that time to reflect, remember to look at how far you've come and notice that you have been doing a lot of stuff to even get you to this place and just kind of making it more digestible for you. Like how does it make the most sense for you? Because your way of planning a change is not going to be the same way as I do, as Chloe does, as your best friend does. And so figuring out what's going to make you feel the most confident about the change and you not, but I really want my mom's support. Okay. But does that align with what you think your purpose is? Does that align with your definition of happiness? Like, are you living for you at that point? Or are you living for your mom? Like yeah. that, that type of thought process. I think that that's really important in your reflection because you can kind of like A, set boundaries in your life with work, with personal, anything, but then also notice what you have to take out, what you have to put in, and make small and big changes. I love that. I think when you have long-term and short-term, it's like your long-term goals, like, inspire you, Mm. and your short-term, like, motivates you, because it's, like, the closer actions, you know? And then you're working to your, like, that big dream. Yeah, you're like, okay, no, I'm I'm getting there. But I'm, you're like, I'm doing progress. Yeah, because then you're not like, oh, look at me, I haven't been doing anything. And it's like, no, you have, you've gotten stuff done, you're fine, you're on the track. Because even moving this week, I was just, I felt so guilty and annoyed that I wasn't able to do a lot of my work stuff, but I had to remind myself, okay, but once I'm done with all this stuff, it's going to be even better for work. And also, it's been three days. Like, you're right. fine. You're going to get to it. Yeah. Like, you have to do some of the more annoying stuff during the change because it's and a part of it. With the other, yeah. Yeah. And it helps with the bigger picture. It's like big picture, small picture. Yeah. I think this one, I feel like it applies to you a lot because you love routine. And I'm always, like, inspired by it. But maintain some normalcy. Normalcy. Oh, my God. I can't talk. Uh let me do that again maintain some normalcy during changes um so that's like routine gives us comfort right so is that something you do a lot because I feel like you're a routine girl you inspire me to be a routine girl I have to be a routine girl and it's weird because part of my personality doesn't doesn't feel like that represents me right because I I feel as though I'm a very quote-unquote lazy person and shit like that, but I think that's, like, my depression side of me. And I noticed that the only way that I can be okay is if I have routine, even on days when it's hard. And with this move especially, it was extremely difficult in just that week-and-a-half process, which is enough for me to set me over the edge, clearly. And so it's figuring out, okay, what what are the temporary fixes so I had to find, okay, this is not my forever routine. This is just right now, but I still need little things that are going to make me feel okay so that I don't completely lose my mind when I'm out of my routine. And so it's implementing those like new little me times and habits and stuff because creating a routine gives you a sense of purpose and it gives you a sense of accomplishment. And it just, for me, keeps me feeling just my best self and so during this week I still had to take that little bit of me time I still had to take that little bit of social time I had to take that little bit of email time even throughout the chaos and reminding myself that this is not your normal 
it's you're just getting towards your normal so you're going to be okay instead of being like oh but this isn't how I want to do my emails and this isn't how I and I you know there's some stuff like does go to the wayside and you have Mm -hmm. to remember that that's okay like I didn't wasn't able to work out for like a week because I was just so busy running around but instead of shaming myself and judging myself for that I mean I did end up crying about it on Tuesday night but that was more so of a release of just like emotion but it was knowing that okay I just have to get through this like really hard week and then I'm going to get back to it I'm going to do little things that are more easy to do in the meantime like for me it was like lists it really yeah. was I woke up at 2 30 in the morning on Monday night or I guess Monday or Tuesday morning and I was so stressed out and was like so wired that I made literal three different dump lists I have a screenshot on my phone that I took for the podcast oh and it's a uh, work dump apartment dump personal dump and it was just me going getting everything out and that's like a little thing that no matter where I am or what I'm doing I can do and that's a part of my routines yeah but also creating a new one throughout in your new environment and in your new workspace or new city new stuff like that I think it'll really just help you adjust as well and like ground you that it still can be the same in a way like if you wake up every morning, take a walk and get a coffee. Yeah. If you're in a new city, maybe you take a walk, get a coffee. Exactly. And you find a new coffee shop. And then all of a sudden, that's your new routine. Even adding one little mood booster that's new and different. Yeah. Like a treat, almost. Right. Because I think change is really hard and really stressful. So carving out that treat time. Yeah. Whether it's binge watching the show, going and hanging out with your friends, whatever that is that fills you up and gets you almost off the clock like remembering to stop because it change can be all consuming at times yeah and knowing when to turn it off is a big part of my routine and so for me last night I could have easily kept going I was wired I was (laughs) doing shit from eight o'clock in the morning till 4 30 but I realized like my brain wasn't functioning anymore and I had to force myself to lay down and watch love is blind and it was the thing I was excited for remember and so I think having that treat time whether it's the glass of wine and TikTok, the in bed with pizza and love is blind the out on a walk with your girlfriends whatever it is like get out of it for a second yeah like get out of the change because it's so overwhelming and all-encompassing and you have to you feel like you have to do everything right now and you right. don't like, it's not yeah, going you don't anywhere have to actively be doing something to make this change like the new normal because, every single moment like, like think about it hit pause if you don't know what's going on with your job are you really going to figure it all out today no yeah, as much as I want to. Yeah. Exactly. So you have to carve out those little moments of normalcy within right. it. This advice is count your blessings. So again, with my thankful theme is like, I don't. you can write it down, you can say it in your head or whatever, but like reminding yourself what you're thankful for in the middle of all these new fearful feelings of change. So it's like moving back to Chicago is so scary. Moving with my boyfriend could be scary because I just didn't know with my career situation. But at the same time, I'm so thankful for my boyfriend. I'm so thankful to be close to my family. I'm so thankful for Chicago. So it's like just remind yourself what you're thankful for. Um, well, I honestly it will make you feel better and like stronger about your decision too. I think a lot of this too. You might be thinking, how do I do this when something like happens to me? I didn't really choose this, and I think you still have to, like you said, like we said, create a new normal, maintain some of your old normalcy, reframe your perspective, like take the time to reflect. Like you're gonna maybe be grieving through some changes that happen to you. Listen to the heartbreak episode first and remember all that. And then you can start being productive and proactive instead of reactive. But I think that 
you know, counting your blessings and stuff like that is really helpful to make you have those small steps, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I'm just writing down what you wrote down. I think trust is so powerful and important, like not only in outside relationships, but with yourself and like just knowing that you really need to trust yourself when you're making these big changes because if you really, really trust yourself at your core, like whenever you doubt or have fears, like having that core trust will be really important through scary times so. yeah I think for me that's always like the logical side yeah. because I'm always I always think look how much you've been through it's almost like the evidence and I think if you don't have as much evidence like maybe you're younger you haven't gone through so many big changes you can also remind yourself like I'm creating the evidence right now no matter yeah. what it is and you just have to kind of surrender to the process and for me that's like turning it over like I always say like I'm turning my life and my will over to God and he has a bigger plan for me. Yeah. And I know it's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. And so it's like, I have this trust in myself based off evidence. I've been through hard things. I get through hard things. And God has a bigger plan for me. And I know that because clearly so many big things, whether they've happened to me or for me, whatever, have gotten me here. And so it just kind of calms you down. Not always because it's so easy to get in an anxiety spiral. But it's nice to have those little reminders because you can feel your feelings all you want, but at some point you do have to, like, remember who the fuck you are. It's like your affirmations last week, like, I'm Chloe Parr and I can fucking do this, Right. you know? And I think, like, finding support is important, but I think you touched on it a little. It's, like, not letting, like, society, friends, families, opinions, like, affect your own gut instincts because at the end of the day, your gut and, like, you know it's best for yourself. So, like, believe in your own gut instead of, like, other people trying to change like how you like how you feel about something that's why I always think like I just it just goes back to the example of as scary and crazy and everything it's like do you just really want to be like everyone else and never fucking do anything I know it's like when people like it's like if your parents are saying well this is what best what's best for you it's like they're not going to be the ones living your life Mm. you are so like do what makes you happy only you will know so if this change is like your gut instinct just go with it you know so, and, and then just at the end, yourself. and then at the end of the day, rip the bandaid off. Rip the bandaid. Like you have to do. Like just do it. I think that that's the biggest thing. Is it's going to be hard to navigate, and there's going to be ups and downs. But you don't know unless you try. I always say you don't know unless you try. You miss a hundred percent, hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and. It, it might be the worst fucking decision you ever made, but then you'll just make another one. Like you're going yeah. to be okay. You're going to figure it out. And you don't know unless you just fucking do it. Yeah. It's like you can't succeed without failing. Like, I've had, yeah. like, so many different jobs that I haven't liked until I found one I did. And I wouldn't have found the one I did if you don't just try to keep making changes and, like, experience a lot of things. Yeah, because I feel so. like we're at the point in our lives where we're, like, making changes that are really backed by confidence and yeah. the right thing and meaning but there were so many things we did that were just fail 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 exactly in order to get to that point you have to constantly fail constantly make changes and experience things if you don't experience things you won't know what's best for you yet you have to get your heart broken you have to have a shitty job you have you have to do all the things that make you human so you're gonna feel you're gonna feel fear you're gonna feel sad you're gonna feel all these things but you're still gonna be okay so at the end of the day just fucking take the next step take yeah. the next, do the next right thing in that moment it might not be the next right thing in a few moments away no. but right now it is I know the more wrong changes you make then you're closer it'll, it'll, yeah it's closer to all the big right changes so hopefully if you're considering 
contemplation and want to get determined and do all the things, maybe you'll actually make a change now and be a little inspired to just fucking do it, hopefully. But if you're not ready yet, that's okay too. We support all moods here. We're not trying to sugarcoat it. We know firsthand how hard change is and how scary it is. But these are some things that have really helped us navigate change and get through change to even better things. Even after fails and bad decisions, we're in a pretty decent spot. We are. We don't know at all, but we know how no. we know how it feels to fucking suck. I do. I'll speak <laughs> for myself. I know how it feels to be a dumbass. So let me make the mistakes and then make a podcast so that you don't have to. Am I right? Uh, you're right. I've made a lot of wrong decisions too, but... I'm, I feel like we're, like, getting closer, like you said. We get just so closer every day. Lives. Yeah. We're, I'm like a little inchworm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the fucking... I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, creating your own reality once again. Once again. Starts with change. But make sure to follow us on Instagram because we will post all the different stages of change and all the good stuff to go along with it all the mood boosties you know where to find us at the mood pod you can follow me at lauren elizabeth and me at chloe parr and we will talk to you guys next week bye 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 bye